Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. Folks, we've got one of my favorite people um, back today. We have Tiffany Lasik back, and she was last on like seven years ago. And um, you guys can check that out because it's still around to listen to. Um, but I'm glad she's back because she's a fantastic healer. And, you know, she shared with me she's moving from Canada to a different country. And if she wants to share that with you, she will and if not, oh, well, but her new book is The Noble Art from Shadow to Essence Through the Wheel of the Year. And boy, you know, when I sat down and just opened the first page, it was a full color wheel of the year um, in the chart of shadows. And then at the wheel of the year, the transmutation of shadow. And once you understand this and follow it, it makes so much sense. So I know that you're going to enjoy uh, this show, especially if you are in the process of transforming yourself, which we all probably are. And if we're looking to bring more positivity into our lives. The information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. <clears throat> Excuse me. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, nesmonikechapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on LinkedIn. Um, Folks, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Okay, we love to see those five stars. So, um, you know, and share, please share with your friends. Now, my guest today, Tiffany Lasix is a spiritual psychotherapist with nearly 20 years of experience in transpersonal psychology. She trained at the Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic training where she also teaches. Tiffany is a sought-after international presenter and the owner of Hive and Grove Center for Holistic Wellness with, excuse me, a private therapy practice offering individuals, couples, and group therapy. She has also developed highly regarded self-development programs. And you can check her out at her website. I'm going to give you two. The first one is hiveandgrove.ca. Again, that's hiveandgrove.ca. And the second one is soulalchemistacademy.com. Again, soulalchemistacademy.com. Welcome back, Tiffany. 
Thank you so much. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Hey, it's so great to have you back. And we're talking about your uh, latest book, The Noble Art. What prompted you? What, what caused you to write this book and put it out at this particular time? So it's interesting, you know, so I, um, as you can sort of tell from my bio, my, my, I have felt my, the work that I do in the world is as a psychotherapist, a spiritual psychotherapist and holding space for people to be able to come into alignment and relationship with themselves. A lot of what you were talking about in the intro in terms of like finding those, those places inside and releasing those blocks. And and that's Uh a lot of the work that I've been doing you know, with uh, individuals and teaching over the past number of years. And, and, and it was in that, that I was, I, I started to be prompted to write the great work, which I won't get into. I mean, we talked about that before, mm-hmm. um, but in the writing of the great work and, and it being published and being out there, I was like, awesome. That's, <laughs> it's done. It's completed. You know, that, mm-hmm. that little side that I didn't realize that is necessarily a book in there, but it's out there. And I think I got maybe about two weeks breathing space. (laughs) (laughs) Before I started to feel this little nudge. Oh, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. There's, there's more to be said. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say what, what I realized is, and I, I do, I love the great work in, in terms of sort of putting I say it's like having all the ingredients out there when you're looking about how to develop a relationship with yourself in alignment with the cycle of the seasons in the land that you are, Mm -hmm. but seeing that, you know, what's happening out there in the world is, is not so different than, than how we experience. I'm, I'm going to give a heads up. It's very possible that um, dogs may start barking. (laughs) Fine. I've got one here that's, you know, sleepy right now, but you never know. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, that you know it kind of laid out from from the perspective of nature like if this is what's going on in the cycle of the seasons then these are the different ways that you can see it reflected in yourself mm-hmm. but what i realized um sort of in the these nudges that ended up being the noble art was i needed to see it from the other direction as well like what is everything that is within us like when we're when we're looking at the ways in which we disconnect from a relationship with ourselves all the ways that that shadow um Mm -hmm. you know and shame can show up in our in our lives and it does show up for everybody it's it's there it's prevalent it's epidemic um then how can we from that starting place then start to look at how to use nature and the cycle of the seasons to be able to shift us from that shadow place into that place of light and right relationship with ourselves again. So I I see them as being sort of the two opposite perspectives. One of them, the first one, the great work is more like, let's look at nature and then see how that can be reflected in us. But the other one is like, let's start with me and Mm -hmm. what's inside of me and how can I use nature to get a deeper understanding um, of myself. Well, how did you come to extrapolate the 
the different seasons with the different sections of the wheel. I mean, winter isn't always cold for everybody. Summer isn't always hot for everybody. How did you put all of that together? And you do a lot of work with the emotions. And I think that's where um, a lot of us get in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so there are a couple of things. I mean, certainly I started because I, I, I was, I was initially working with this with myself and, and, and also in, you know, in my office, like when Mm -hmm. seeing what showed up in, in, you know, the work that my clients were doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm in Canada in a snow belt. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so certainly there's, it was informed by that, but I did realize as well that, that there is some, um, there is a universality to it. We, that no matter where you are in the world, there, there is a growth cycle. There is a fallow, a, a coming back to life, a being in full fruition, a, a letting go, a release, and then going to bed. It's, it's going to show up differently in different places, mm-hmm. um, but there's still going to be that the movement of that cycle. So I certainly was looking at, you know, perhaps the history and the geography and the mythology of what was more um, sort of a Western Europe centric but mm-hmm. but the energies the archetypal energies of those are are globally applicable they, you may not use the same language um it may show up a little bit differently but you know death and decay is death and decay no matter how it shows up yes you know, it we is can, we can still work with with those energies and and coming back to life and resurrection and reawakening you know it's universal. Yes, it is. But you know, you talked about one thing in the book that caught my attention. And a lot of people think it's the reverse of what you say. And you say truth, I is there, I feel therefore I am not I think, therefore I am. Why do you make that distinction? Because everybody's heard of, you know, I think therefore I am. Yeah. And again, I recognize that some of the language that I use is it's decidedly psychotherapeutic and, mm-hmm. and certainly in the work that, that, that I can't say the work that I've done, but in, in being privy to the work that other people have been doing within themselves, I, I think we can, we can sort of come to a place of recognizing it's fairly easy for my mind to, to play games, to trick. I can make mm-hmm. myself believe what I want myself to believe, but our emotions, what we carry in our, our bodies, it, it is absolutely blankly. It's responding to, it is reflective of the response that we're having to the world around us. And so I, I find this um, sort of reflective in, in tarot wisdom as well. I always think about the chariot card in the tarot Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, you've got those, those two sphinxes, the, the black and the white, and then the charioteer. Um, and that those are reflective of mind and emotion, right. Or will and reason. And, and that they are meant to work side by side. We have for so long, um, been told and taught that it's it's mind over matter 
reason mm-hmm. over emotion. And, and I'm not suggesting that it should be emotion over reason, it, that they need to work together. Together, yes. And, and so, again, it's, it's a large part of the work that, that I do and what I present very much in both the great work and the noble art. Again, it was just something that I became aware of that there was an awful lot for a time. There was an awful lot of um, information or tags out there of like the, the mind-body-spirit connection, the mind-body-spirit connection, mm-hmm. mind-body-spirit. And, and every time I heard that, I'm like, yeah, but what about the emotions? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about a holistic approach, it's, it's the body and the emotions and the mind and the spirit. The emotions have got to be in there as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so when we allow the emotions to have voice and i'm increasingly believing this when we allow our emotions to have voice then we start to bring our mental health into balance mm-hmm. we cannot have mental wellness without emotional emotions. information yeah that's very true, but we're taught at a very early age to, especially girls, discount those emotions. You know, right. well, no, they don't, they don't count. Put them over behind you someplace and never turn around and look at them again. Right. So how do we get past from that no-no energy of looking at feeling the emotion? And for men too, especially men with feeling emotion, my goodness, if a guy drops a tear, you're like, oh, he's a wusk, you know? And no, he's not. He's a a spirit living a human existence, having a moment. A moment and a tear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do we get there? How do we get from what we've been taught to this new, well, not new, truly new, but this true way of life? Yeah. And, and again, it's such a big question and it's such a big journey. Um, it's part of where for me, I, I think, you know, finding step-by-step through the seasons is, can be helpful. So mm-hmm. when, um, you know, one of the things that I reflect is that the winter for Yule, which I cycle one, um, is very aligned with earth and it's very aligned with the body and it's very aligned with that infant self. I find actually we, we have a tendency to be able to be open to that, like that part of me that is innocent and trusting that, you know, then I can listen to, to what my body is. If, you know, if my, if my, my leg is hurting, I can maybe, you know, not put weight on it. Like there are ways that we have of, of honoring that and that's good. And that's sort of solid. But then the next cycle that we go to, which is when we move more into that sort of the preschool the older child, the one that really is emotionally engaged with the world mm-hmm. that has feelings and has a little bit more of a stronger will and, and, and can be emotive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that's, you know, it's the, um, here anyways, it's the time of the freeze and the thaw and the water starting to run a little bit. And, um, you know, some, perhaps some, some rains or snows coming in that, mm-hmm. that, is a far more challenging time. And so what I find is in that six week period, I really pay attention to, to connecting with that, that child part of myself of listening to, you know, what are my wants and what are my needs and how do I feel about that? And, 
and having some gentleness around holding relationship with that part of myself. That is the time in our lives. If you're looking developmentally mm-hmm. when to a large degree, not always, but for the most part, that is the time when we start to develop shame, right? Mm-hmm. That shame is the, I would say the core negative emotion that we carry that tells us that there is something flawed about us. There's something wrong with us that if people knew who we really are, they, they wouldn't like us, they would reject us. And that is the age between about three and six mm-hmm. that, that we start to develop that. So in, in the cycle of the seasons, we have the opportunity sort of every year at, you know, as we're sort of moving into early spring and, and just the very sort of fledgling melting of the snows and, and life just kind, kind of coming back. I, I often refer to this time as, again, you're in California. I'm not sure that you've had this experience. <laughs> I'm a native New Yorker. I've had the experience. Oh, okay. you've had the experience. <laughs> I talk to people about frostbite, right? Frostbite mm. is when we are so frozen that we run the risk, like, of literally dying, right? Like Mm -hmm. that, the skin dies, the cells die because they are frozen. Mm -hmm. And, and in the thaw of coming back to life, it is incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's had frostbite and, and then when it does start to, you're trying to bring the life back to that little fingertip or that little ear tip, it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. but that's, but we need to feel that that's coming back to life again. And so I think part of what the, the danger is that, that we've been told that if you feel something strongly, that that's not good. We don't want to feel that when actually what we want to do is be able to, to glean the message that it's telling us, which, I mean, when my ear is, is so painful because it's funny, it's like, you need to take care of it. You mm-hmm. need to keep it warm. You need to keep it out of the cold, right? It needs to be protected. Nurtured. Um, it needs to be nurtured. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the emotions are telling us as well. So we need to honor and safeguard that, that part of us that is able to still connect with the world in that way. Mm. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about my mom because she actually had frostbite five times and mm. I kept getting, you know, well, there's something as a kid, uh, I kept getting, there's something that you're not listening to mom. And um, of course I would never tell that to her and live. So I kept my <laughs> mouth shut. Um, but is it something when we keep repeating the same thing over that's causing us damage either physically mentally or emotionally is it something that we're just shut down refusing to look at or is it that we're slow learners and we're trying to get it yeah i'm i'm not i mean it's possible there might be a little little aspect of both but i would tend to go to a place of we're we're to a large degree we're told not to listen to our emotions Mm. You know, that, that if I am being told that this is something that this is something that I need to do, and yet everything in my body, everything in my emotion is saying is this is not right for me, this is Mm -hmm. not right for me, then I'm going to supersede that message. And then I should say as an aside, and then and then we're surprised that that our intuition is off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're, 
we we do take it because again as as children we're we're looking to those outside of us to guide us and how how do we do this human thing when we just come in and so when we're given the information of you know this is what you're supposed to do and if you have a feeling about it you need to subvert that feeling Mm -hmm. i i often will also sort of reflect the example because i had this happen to me many times of um, well-meaning parents like you're going to eat that and you're going to like it Mm. oh god that back brought back interesting memories (laughs) you can make me eat it but you can't make me like it Mm -hmm. right and yet the message that we're being given and, and again, I'm not trying to wrong that. Like I, I can recognize that the intention of the parent was like, I need you to eat this thing, which is good for your body. Mm-hmm. But, but I also have a wisdom inside of me, right? And, and so those two needs need both to be honored. And certainly as we get older, I, I need to be able to recognize that if there is something that I don't like, then, then maybe that is not the thing which I should be bringing into my experience. Mm-hmm. But so many times we're forced to eat that don't like it. Again, it came back to me, you know, childhood. My mother would fix oatmeal every morning. I hated oatmeal. I still, I won't even eat an oatmeal cookie. Okay. And I would pretend to throw up in it. You know, like, oh, mom, I got sick. I threw up in the oatmeal. She goes, well, eat it anyway. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't get a break. <laughs> you know, so I ended up putting it in little napkins and we had a ledge under the table. And my intent was to put it in the napkin and, you know, show her the bowl was empty, go back and throw it away. But of course, you know, I forget to do it until there's like nine meals lined up in a row and my father discovered it. But even with all of that, why is the intention of the caregiver? No, you have to have that, if, especially if there's something wrong. And it turned out to be um, gluten intolerant. Well, see, this is absolutely, this is the thing. And, and, and again, to, to recognize there's such a wide range. Sometimes it's, it's not that caregivers are, um, you know, sort of mean or, or, or abuse, but you know, there can be a lot of different things that are going on. It can be like, Mm -hmm. again, I know my, my mom tried to feed my elder siblings like liver every Thursday. Oh my God. Yes. They they hid it. The big story, they hid it in the, um, the flower display in the center (laughs) of the table. Right. But again, it's like, it's inexpensive. I've got young kids. This was like in the fifties, you know, Mm -hmm. we we don't have a lot of money. And so it's going to be like new, a lot of nutrition for not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to do. And if you don't like it, I can't, I can't accommodate something different. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't necessarily know what's going on in the, the, for the caregivers, Mm -hmm. a, a big picture, but that doesn't come away from the fact that, that again, it can end up developing that that sense of shame. So my own experience um, of that is that not so much about food, because again, I came much later than the rest of my siblings. So by that Mm -hmm. time, my parents were having liver, they were giving me hot dogs, they were not going to have that battle. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) But I was, I was not surprisingly, or unsurprisingly, um, I was a very bookish kid. Mm-hmm. I loved nothing more than just curling up in a chair with a blanket and books. And I would read all day. And my mom wanted me to go outside and play. And 
I could do it in the summer. In the wintertime, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And she would get me all in the snowsuit and send me outside. And she would say, <laughs> do not come back for an hour. So I would go to the park. I would take off my snowsuit. I would fill it with snow. I would put it back on. creative. And I would say, I played so hard. Now I'm freezing. Can I come back inside and read my book? Mm-hmm. And and it seems silly. It also, well, there's a, there's a few things in there. Number one, I will always say children will do whatever they need to do to get their needs met. Mm-hmm. Right. So they will find those creative ways of like getting rid of the oatmeal. They will try. And, and, and what can come in when, when, you know, that it's not listened to, right. So it's still, you need to go out and play is that my desire the, the, the person that I am who wants to stay at home and read a book like this, this thing that makes my soul sing mm-hmm. feels like there's something wrong with it. Mm. I should not be this kind of a person. I should be a, this kind of a person, but I'm not this kind of a person. So there must be something wrong with me. So I, I will still do what I can to try to meet my need, even as I feel like there's something wrong with my need in the first place, Mm. something wrong with my essence or something wrong with, with the way that I am in the world. And so, so coming back to, I mean, this is where I think learning from nature. And I think this is sort of what, what really kind of opened me up to exploring things in this way is that I may not love winter but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with winter there's a lot of people who love winter there's a lot of beauty in in winter I adore winter from the inside of a window Uh, (laughs) 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 or you know all bundled up but um but but it's there's nothing wrong with winter Mm -hmm. itself and so if I can start to see that within myself, so there are going to be times when it feels like there's not a lot happening. There's not a lot of energy. It feels a little frozen. It feels a little flat. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with that. Maybe there is something underneath the surface that's that's kind of an energy that's building that will come forward when it needs to come forward. I'm not going to wrong myself for being in that stage the same way that I'm not going to wrong winter for being winter. Mm-hmm. And so I, a lot of this is about, you know, being able to kind of pull within ourselves um, to sort of to pull within ourselves um, oh, that whole radical self-acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I'm feeling. I may not act on this feeling, but I am going to sit with it to try to figure out what it's telling me. You know, that if, if I don't want to eat the oatmeal, like I, mm-hmm. maybe that I don't like the oatmeal, you know, it might be that, you know, even if I don't like it, it's good for me and maybe I will eat, but it might be that there's something deeper going on. And, and I, I really, I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So we need to find a different way of being able to get that, that nutrient into me. Mm-hmm. So there is also this discernment of, you know, once the feeling comes up in me, once I have that, that awareness come up, I, I do need to sit with, you know, is it coming from a healthy place? Is it something that I want to act on? Like, what is it telling me that it needs? There's, there's, this is where, where the mind comes in, 
How do I help to support and guide this feeling, but not have the mind come in to say, no, we're just going to push that away because it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to a parent today who is, you know, struggling with, say, um, not even struggling, just raising any, Mm -hmm. a child from five to 10 years old, or actually even three to 10, Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're trying to figure out what's good for them and listen to the child at the same time. What advice would you give for parents? Yeah, I think, I think it's to truly to, to hear, to listen, Mm -hmm. know that, that sometimes what is coming towards us, it can be an act of will. And I mean, there's some beautiful resources out there, like raising a spirited child, just because it's willpower doesn't mean that it's a negative thing, Mm -hmm. but, but you want, you want to, it's almost sometimes like listening to the, to the energy that is lying underneath the emotion and the words that are coming through, Mm -hmm. you know, if, um, if my child is saying, I don't like oatmeal, I don't like oatmeal, I don't like oatmeal to to be able to, I think, sort of take the time and the space to, which can be very hard again these days, like things go at a breakneck speed, right? So it can be hard to sometimes take that space to to, to try to hear what's going on underneath what's being presented. Mm-hmm. But what happens with the parent who overdoes it? I mean, they are so accommodating to the child and the child's wants, not necessarily needs, or, um, that it becomes lopsided, you know, the, the will to me just breaks at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there can be that polarization. There's a lovely psychotherapeutic equation that says 180 degrees of sick is still sick, which mm-hmm. I love. I mean, we can't be controlling, but we can't be permissive. There, there has to be this, this, um, this sort of flexible dynamic in the middle. So I might say like, what I know is that we need to get breakfast into you what that looks like can look like a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. but I know that we need to get breakfast into you. So if you're saying that you don't want this or you don't like this, or you can't eat that. Okay. However, then we need to look at what else can we put in that place? Mm -hmm. Right. There needs to be that, that give and take, not like, okay, well, if you don't like breakfast, you don't want breakfast, you won't have breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the kids need to to eat. Um, Absolutely. And that's just as one example. You know, there's so many different things, you you know, around going to school or or, (laughs) whatever, whatever it is that, you know, sometimes even, you know, talking about things. I know you don't want to talk about it, but but it really is healthier to to get this out. So let's find a way that we can make this happen. Well, right now, as we're recording this, we're in what you would call cycle three, that is from March 22nd to May uh, 2nd. Give us some insight into um, cycle three that we could utilize, start to implement in our lives before we go out and buy your book, The Nobler. Well, it's, it's so interesting, even just what we're talking about, because, you know, what is the, the core energy of cycle three, which is about, you know, it's um, Ostara or Easter, you know, it's this, this energy of sort of spring and and coming back to life. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, here I look, went outside and the buds are coming out and the, the, the little plants are coming up. And then of course it snowed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had a little bit of the winter cycle, but okay. (laughs) I'm sure that they're having some feelings about that 
Um, but it's very much about the the spring equinox is that that time where you know it's the equal time of light and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's moving into more and more light. And so when we think about that within ourselves, that I may have gone through some challenging times and I may have had a lot of feelings about the challenging times, but but I'm now stepping into something that feels a little more light than dark. And so with that, um, with that sense of like, okay, I've, I've come stepped into something, there is truly that sense of who is the I who's done that step. What I find about cycle three is that it really gives us an opportunity to, to become very clear on, on, you know, who am I and what is my strength? I, I align it with the solar plexus chakra. You know, this, this seat of identity, the seat of the self and the seed, the seed of the self, that of me that is going to be planted, that is going to reap a harvest. Mm. You know, I, you mentioned at the, the top of the show that, um, that I'm moving to another country, which, (laughs) (laughs) which I am, I'm moving from Canada to Wales. And what's interesting is that. We went in November to to kind of put some some things to to finalize it, which is right when you're it's in cycle eight. So it felt like this whole we're in the dark. I don't even know what's necessary. I I know that we're moving, but I have no idea how that's going to happen. And and then as we move through sort of cycle one and cycle two, there was a lot of upheaval. There were a lot of feelings. There was a lot of like letting go of things and. Um, and now it's like, okay, I kind of, I know what we're stepping into uh, these sort of solid boundaries around, um, you know, who is the I that's moving into this new experience, this new adventure and, and the way that it's sort of coming out that by the time the harvest comes around, by the time late summer comes around, we will be established. We'll be in our new place. We'll be starting Mm -hmm. to you know, like it's, it's funny the way it sort of follows that flow. Mm-hmm. So, so this time, and I'm consciously working with, with cycle three, whatever it is that I want to bring into fruition, when I'm thinking about August and September and October, this is the time for me to plant it. This mm-hmm. is the time for me to set that seed. And I need to know who I am what's important to me, you know, what, how I feel about certain things, like that is going to inform the seed that I plant, which is going to inform what I put energy into growing and cultivating and nourishing, which is going to inform, you know, what my life looks like months down the line. Mm -hmm. So this is such an important cycle because it really does lay the foundation for what is to come. And it is so important. You know, I talk a lot about shame in the noble art because mm-hmm. shame is like, is like root rot, right? I don't want to plant a seed that has been contaminated with this, this, this sort of shame-based sense of self. Mm-hmm. I want to have the confidence to know that, okay, if I'm going to plant this, then it is in alignment with who I am. And I do have the tools to be able to bring this into fruition. Mm 
so that it is a strong harvest that nourishes not only me, but, you know, but those around me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody wants to heal the world, you know, start with yourself and that healing will spread outward. And that's a great way to do it. But, you know, you go through all of this. How do you trust yourself that you're giving or allowing yourself the right information, the right energy to move forward, say, from now and then have that harvest later? Yeah. So this brings in another another aspect as well. And I think I've been sort of focused on on prioritizing the self. But there is an aspect of spirit as well. Right. And I love working with um, with uh, the transactional analysis has this this inner trinity of the inner parent, the inner child and the adult. And Mm -hmm. um, which is very I I see that the inner parent, as long as it's not that critical parent, is Mm -hmm. that higher self, you know, and so I will say again, as the example of moving to Wales, I don't totally know that moving to Wales is the right thing to do. I feel that it is. And I've certainly had an awful lot of like omens and signs and dreams and, you know, things of like, like okay, validations. Okay. Right? I think it's on the right track, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, we'll, we'll absolutely know when we get there, but there is that, so part of part of what I presented in the noble art in in the great work, there's an awful lot of um, self reflection questions. There's there's one for every single day, so you really can start to develop that deep relationship with self and get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. What I present more in the noble art, I've got these guided visualizations and rituals, um, also some meditations and contemplations, but. Um, but those are the places to really invite spirit in. Like I know who I am and am, am I also seeing this in the big picture of my life? Am I also getting that, um, you know, that, that, that support and confirmation from, from my higher self, mm-hmm. which is aligned with spirit that, um, that, that this is the, the path for me to follow. The, the other thing too is that, and I think this comes back to cycle three and the seed of the self and that confidence is, and it's important to root out shame with this, that if I make a decision, if I move in a direction, if I, you know, if I move to Wales and I'm there for six months going, oh my gosh, this was such a mistake. Mm-hmm. Then I pack everything up and I come home again. Mm-hmm. Right. The shame part of us will say, I can't do that. I've done this now. Everybody's seen that I've done this. I better just make it work, right? Mm -hmm. It's the way that we, again, go out of alignment with ourselves. If instead, I try, okay, well, I tried this. I got information from it. I got experience from it. I'm in a different place now. And now I can move forward in a different way. There's no shame to it, right? Okay. Yeah, it's, just a new experience, different it's just, experience. It's giving us information. So, mm-hmm. so there's sort of the two prongs to it. The one is that if I listen to my feelings and I also am open to the reflection from spirit, then I know that what I'm moving forward with is the right thing for me to move forward with. And I trust, I have faith in that. And if at some point I find out, okay, you know what? That wasn't the right thing for me then it's no problem to say, okay, then I will now go in a different direction without Mm -hmm. that 
again, without having that feeling of shame that I should have known better and I should have checked this out, right? Mm-hmm. It's... Or, or it was a big mistake. And, you know, my goodness, if we make a mistake, we might learn something, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it, it, I, it's real. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I have heard not... Um, fairly often, not uncommonly. Um, like, I just want to get back on my path. And, and I, I always feel like, but you're never not on your path, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is always information. There's always reflections from spirit. There, there's, you're never disconnected from your higher self. It may not be, um, it, sometimes we, we have to go through the bush to realize like, oh, okay, well, this is what it feels like to be on the straight and narrow again. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's all part of the past. It's all part of it. If it's only not we... easy though. <laughs> no, not easy. And if we could get, just get out of our own way and, you know, embrace what's in front of us. Um, you know, kind of being in the present, but working through the cycles at the same time. Boy, yeah. our time has gone so quickly. What uh-huh. pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot, working with a lot, it, it is this sense of um, how to bring the wonderment back to the world. Mm. We've gone through such a hard time. We, we have gone through years of darkness right and Mm -hmm. and and we there's still a lot of dark and and to be able to to come to a place of recognizing that yes there is that but it does not take away from the fact that there is also wonder in the world it it's i think the um that reawakening of of the eyes of the child that can see the beauty in the world, mm-hmm. even knowing that there are challenges in the world. Mm, love that. Then being able to just work or walk through it one step at a time. Absolutely. Yeah, because it just doesn't come all at once. Wow. Well, Tiffany, thank you, folks. The name of the book is The Noble Art From Shadow to Essence Through the Wheel of the Year. Well worth getting if you're looking to do work on yourself and some deep work, not just, you know, surface level, but if you truly want to dig deep and um, re embrace your path, uh, this is the book definitely to get actually her whole series of books because it will help you go from point A to point B while still feeling confident and feeling good about yourself. So Tiffany, thank you. And thank you for your work. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And audience, I thank you for your time and attention today because I'm truly honored. And folks, remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering the noble art about the blessings, light, love to all, agape.